I'm Adam Coleman, inviting you to the fifth season of The Cosmic Library from LitHub. This season, we go on our tiniest reading adventure yet, into short stories in the U.S. But this too turns out to be almost all-encompassing. I think short stories are essentially brief encounters with felt life. That's Oxford literary scholar Andrew Kahn, who gives us a deep history of the short story. And we hear from The New Yorker's Deborah Treisman, who explains her work as an editor of short fiction. You know, if you are melding with another person, you don't turn that person into you, but you get to know the ins and outs of that person. So, and it's, it's sort of like that. I always feel involved with the stories. We bounce around between the history and current life of short stories with the novelist Justin Taylor. The nice thing about it going out of fashion is that it really frees you up to relate to it in a different way. This being the Cosmic Library, we make sure to go way beyond U.S. short stories, too. Here's the Washington Post critic, Becca Rothfeld. A lot of Kafka short stories, I think, gesture at or describe um, sort of nightmarish geographies or architectures. And the actor Max Gordon Moore reminds us just how wild short stories can be. With a reading in its entirety of Wakefield, the intensely strange, classic Nathaniel Hawthorne story. He had contrived, or rather he had happened, to dissever himself from the world, to vanish. Get ready for all that and more in a season about short stories, small windows into vast universes. It's season five of The Cosmic Library, available soon wherever you go for podcasts. This is The Literary Life. I'm Mitchell Kaplan. I've owned books and books and been a bookseller for over 35 years. What you're about to hear are conversations about all things literary, with writers, readers, publishers, old friends, new friends, and anyone who might wander into our store with an interesting story to tell about their connection to books, reading, or writing. These will be informal, over-the-backyard-fence kind of conversations, the kind I and booksellers everywhere have each and every day. Welcome to The Literary Life. This is Mitchell Kaplan. What we're going to try to do is approximate the kind of thing that we booksellers do every single day, browsing the store and giving recommendations to our customers. The holidays are upon us, and what we've done is we've selected books that we think might be books that either you've forgotten about or you hadn't heard about or books that you have heard about and you need to be reminded about. And we want you to get your pens ready, get your paper ready so you can jot down titles so that hopefully you'll have ideas for giving gifts to those folks that are on your list and have given you maybe a little bit of problems in trying to figure out just what they might want. Or alternatively, hopefully, we'll be maybe discovering books that you'll want for yourself, and you'll be giving yourself your own Christmas holiday gift. I have with me two of the greatest booksellers around. They are, unfortunately, a little confusing for all of us on air because both of their names are Christina. (laughs) And we have Christina Russell, and we have Christina Nasti. So I will, you'll hopefully get to know their voices when I refer to them as Christina. But let me paint the picture for you a little bit. We're sitting here at Books and Books, drinking 
cafecitos, coffee con leche, as well as a bunch of other kinds of things because Christina Russell is here with her lovely newborn, uh, Raphael, or Rafa, as he's called. And so she's got to make sure she stays away from coffee because that'll go right to him. And then we'll have a very restless child in our midst. Christina, why don't you tell me, Christina Nasty, just what your position here is at Books and Books and um, your tastes, the kind of thing that you like to read. Okay, well, um, I'm, I'm the event coordinator at Books and Books, and I have been for many, many years, too many years to count, in fact. Um, I've pretty much done the same job since I started, um, and it is never, ever the same. I love going back and discovering books that have been adapted to film, and we've certainly had a lot of that in our own midst with some of the books that Mitchell has been working on. Um, and, you know, that I read a lot. Well, and the other, the other cool thing about what you do is you get to go to a lot of events, and you, you, you're turned on maybe to authors that might not have struck you initially, but because you've gone to that event and you've heard them, you've become uh, attracted to their work. So I'm sure we'll be talking about some of those books as well. And Christina Russell, other than having a new baby, um, tell us what you do here at Books and Books as well. Um, I am the children's book buyer, and I also do a lot of the event coordinating event side for the children's um, events that we host year-round. And one of the things that people always ask is, how do you find books for the store? What do you do? What is um, your process? What, what is the process? Sales reps help. Um, but I, I, I'm, a, I'm a reader. I, I read a lot. I pay attention to what publishers are putting out there. I follow authors. I don't know. I kind of take risks, too, and just read off the grid of what I would normally read. And, and, and publishers send you galleys. They do. Publishers send me galleys. Sales when, reps kind of know what I like to Yeah. Read. When we buy adult books... Um, we look at the catalogs and try to figure out what books they consider to be their big books. Mm -hmm. And we explore those. But we're also looking for little gems, aren't we? Yes, always. Those books that kind of fall between the cracks or books that deserve wider audiences. Yes. And we're going to talk about all of that today. So let's, let's just start. Um, I'm going to start, I'm going to take the prerogative and start with a book that I think is a great book to start with. And it's a great book for the holidays. It's a great gift book. And I've read a lot of it myself. It's got one of the great introductions for book lovers. And it's called, it's by James Mustich. And it's called A Thousand Books to Read Before You Die. A life-changing list. And what he did, I, I saw him at the Miami Book Fair speak. He actually spent years and years, almost 10 years, putting this list together because he read each of the thousand books himself. And the range is quite remarkable. This, for instance, is what Ken Burns says about this book. If you've ever doubted that books were the greatest invention of all time and that they carry within them our collective memories and dreams, as well as any semblance of intelligence, we have as a species, pick up this book and start reading. Because right next to it are books by Juno Diaz, and then right next to that is MFK Fisher. It's done alphabetically. And it, it's just one of these books that you can constantly dip into. And if you're ever at a loss for a book, this, the, you'll find something in this book. Um, have any of you come across books about books that you sort of like? Well, 
just to go back to that one that you're that you're recommending, um, I can't say that I read it, but what I did is I tried to go through it and mark off all of the books that I've read. I didn't count how many there there were, but it was such an interesting exercise just to look back on on the reading life. You know, the books that I've read throughout my life. So. So it's a terrific book. Agree. Yeah, cool. And, and with that, there's a there's a really wonderful book called The World's Greatest Bookstores, and uh, it does have the world's greatest bookstores. This is by um, the wonderful illustrator Bob Eckstein, who's a cartoonist for The New Yorker. And there's the book as well as postcards. Another great little stocking stuffer. He makes cartoons of some of the, literally, the great bookstores. And we're very proud to be included in this list as well. Um, and so there's 100 postcards, 100 bookstores, and uh, he tells little stories about each one. I, I actually have two books here that, that are about books. And I love books about books. I think every reader does. Um, but one of them is Dreamers by Yuyi Morales. So we hosted her this year and I was having a baby, so I didn't get to meet her. But um, the book is beautiful. It's like technicolor multimedia masterpieces like on each page. And the story is super timely, very timely, I should say. And it's um, kind of her story of immigration and the power that books had at um, making her feel at home here so and it is a gorgeous book yes well, did the ala have it as one of their honor books this year or if it wasn't it should have been perhaps i don't remember yeah it's just one of the really really it's gotten a lot of attention it's gotten sure. a lot of attention because of her story but also the illustrations yeah and the back is gorgeous. a list of the books that she like checked out of the library when she first came here and it was the books that set her on her course yeah. what's the other one uh, the other one is the hazelwood it's uh, it's a weird, beautiful book. Um, but basically the main character's grandmother is an author of a book of fairy tales. And essentially those fairy tales come to life and she like walks through them. It's a dark, creepy book, but it's really well-written and I loved reading it. What age group would you say this It's YA, so so for teenagers. Mm -hmm. What do we consider young adult? What age group is that? It, It can vary, but some of them are like 12 and up. Um, others are maybe more 14 and up. Adults read YA. I read YA, so... There's no age limit. That brings to mind Sonia Sotomayor's book uh, for kids. It's also about her love of reading Mm -hmm. and how books change her life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she did a picture book this time for kids. Yeah, it's called Turning Pages. Oh, she was so inspiring at the Miami Book Fair. She went into the audience and spoke to kids, gave them hugs. I think she changed people's lives at that event (laughs) completely. Well, let's move on from books about books to books. Christina, what is it that, what is a, give me a, you're, you're one of the great fiction readers that I know. So give me a fiction that you just were wild about this year. Okay, something that happened to me this year, I think, there, there were lots of things happening simultaneously. Um, the political situation in the U.S. just made me want to seek refuge and just fall into stories more and more often. And one book that really kind of changed my life, and it's not so much about how many books you read, but also just like how they sit with you and how much time you spend with them and how they how they change your life. And one book that did change my life is My Year of Rest and Relaxation by Odessa Moshveg. I just loved, loved, well, loved this changing book. one's life is a very, <laughs> very big thing to have happened. So how did this book change your life? Well, I started... I. 
I've been paying attention to women writers this year. Um, I've just turned to women's voices. And so this one in particular was someone that I had read, you know, portions of Eileen. I had never finished it because it was so dark. Um, I had heard great things about Otesa Moshveg, but it was kind of a revelation just to read it. It was so much fun. And it was so, um, it just, I, I would think it would speak to practically any woman, um, any contemporary woman who's living right now. It's kind of like the desire to, disappear, the desire to sleep through something that you can't stand, the desire to, to relax, which you never really entirely can. Um, but in the end, you're kind of running away from something and there's no way to do it. And so the character here, not only is the writing beautiful and laugh out loud funny, but it's also that she um, tries her hardest. She makes friends with a psychiatrist who prescribes all kinds of drugs, and she really literally tries to take them all and sleep throughout the year. But she finds that even with all these great drugs, she can't. And so there's a really nice little connection to 9-11. Um, without, you know, ruining the book for everyone, there, there is a, a there is a meaning to all of this, and it's just a phenomenal book. Is I would it recommend all, is it. Is it autobiographical as well, do you think? Um, I think only in the fact, only a, a tiny bit. I think she's such an interesting writer. I've been reading interviews about her, and she's so ex eccentric. And I think whatever it is that she writes next is going to be entirely different because she's a person who's kind of like reinvents herself with each book that she writes, and she's that talented that she can. Thank you. You know, that's a book that has really taken the whole indie world by storm. And, and it's a book that if you don't know, you should know. My year of rest and relaxation. Um, it's got a beautiful cover, too. Yeah, I love the cover. Just gorgeous. One of my favorite covers of the year. The book that has stayed with me and lingered is a book by Michael Andaje called Warlight. It's a book that I read early in the year, and I just can't get it out of my mind. Um, the way Michael Andaje writes, he writes... He writes like a painter paints. His, his imagery is just so beautiful and so well-wrought um, and so effortless that the plot almost becomes secondary until you wake up to the fact that there is quite an intricate, interesting plot as well. I got lost in the scenes of post-World War II London where you have everyone from greyhound smugglers to um, uh, the canals and the byways of um, uh, people boating, you know, trying to do illicit things at night. Uh, it's basically the story of uh, a brother and sister who are left alone by their parents and they're being taken care of by people you initially think are grifters. And the way that these two kids react to them and react to their childhood and react to the fact of basically being alone and who they have to rely on. But then the second half of the book is where you find out why that happened and you find out about why that happened in a very surprising way. Um, and that's Warlight by Michael Andaje. All of you know that he wrote The English Patient. He also wrote one of my all-time favorite books called Running in the Family, which is a memoir of his life growing up in Sri Lanka. So um, that's a book that I would recommend. That's a novel that I would recommend to anybody. What, uh, what fiction uh, besides the one you mentioned might, might you recommend for young adults? 
for young adults? Or middle age, middle, middle grade. Middle grade. So for middle grade, I want to recommend a book by a local author and a friend of the store, uh, Pablo Cartaya. It came out this year. It's his second novel. And um, it's about uh, a boy named Marcus who... I think I didn't say the title. The title is Marcus Vega Doesn't Speak Spanish. And it's about him, Marcus, going home to Puerto Rico or to the home of his parents. And he, on a series of misadventures, is looking for his father. I think he's one of our local writers who's on, you know, sort of, you know, on a real upward trajectory. And yeah. uh, we're going to hear a lot about Pablo far into the future. There, I think. there aren't a lot of stories like the stories that Pablo's writing. And I think there's a lot of kids looking for them. And I hope, especially here in Miami, and I think they're starting to find him. And, and that's great. You know, I had a talk and it was one of the, one of the podcasts I did with Jason Reynolds. Mm-hmm. And, and the one thing that struck me in, in talking to him and also watching him in action, Pablo does the same thing. You know, you win over kids if you just talk straight to them. Yeah. If you don't put any artifice, kids can tell when something is not, uh, when something is being artificial mm-hmm. or something is contrived. And so, Pablo is, a, I'm so glad you brought that book to our attention. Uh, Christina, what else? What else besides so, that one? Another book I think people might enjoy, I loved it, I was kind of blown away by it, is, is Sally Field's memoir, In Pieces. Um, I'm so impressed. I mean, not only is she such a great talent um, of the stage and of film, but the fact that she worked on this book and was able to craft it and was able to create such an interesting read. Um, And for those of us who have grown up like watching her films, as I have, it was a very, there was a lot of nostalgia mixed into this book of just like memories of the different roles that she had played, but also she is really exploring herself again as a woman and a very complex woman. And um, it's just, it's a fantastic read, I think, for women. Um, The fact that um, she is also like, it's very much a love letter to her mom. So she goes into all of these relationships, uh, even with Burt Reynolds. But but it's not so much a celebrity memoir. It's really a very thoughtful, thought-provoking exploration of self. She spent a lot of time writing it. She didn't want a publisher who would treat it like a celebrity book. She actually wrote it herself, worked with a really wonderful editor, and has a marvelous agent. And it's quite literary in its whole presentation as well. Grand Central Publishing. And it was wonderful to have her here. Yeah, we did an event. And I think that's a book that you might not have read, but for the fact that we were having her at the store. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. There are many like that. The turnout was wonderful. And I think that book has been surprising people, uh, all, you know, everyone who reads it. Well, I was kind of looking back at the year and just thinking about exactly what you're saying, like the writers that I got to know and discover throughout the year, and just some highlights. Name some of them. Who are Mark they? Epstein, yes. who's always so interesting, you know, with his like Buddhist approach to psychoanalysis. What was his book? Um, I cannot remember the name of it right now. So, but Tanahisi Coates, 
Having Tanahisi yes. was like a dream come true. Um, we had wanted to bring him to Miami for such a long time. Uh, sitting in that audience at the very back and seeing what a diverse, you know, turnout we had and how the, the conversation and just, you know, we were eight years in power, but he talked about everything. He talked about his love of comic books. He talked about his love of music. It was, it was really I think we can thrilling. honestly say if you pick up any Tanahisi Coates book, any of them would make great gifts. And if you have never read him, it's something you, you need to read his essays. They're, they are, um, they are perspective changing when you read them. I have personally put between the world and me in the hands of many, many people who did never expected to read it and have come back and have said, you know what? You've made me, you've made me see something that I did not understand. I was also, before. I, I, developed a, a really new appreciation for James Comey when we had him. Absolutely. I, I read his book mm -hmm. after he came and it put it in perfect perspective for me. He was, there was a kind of, he was, you know, very straightforward, you know, very sort of humble about what he was presenting, but yet really, really, you got the sense that he, whatever he was doing, he was doing out of a sense of morality, whether you agree with him or not agree with mm -hmm. him. There was an overarching sense of morality that is so much missing in our politics. So it's a very impactful event. I also want to say that um, the other one for me that we had just recently was uh, Annie Leibovitz. And Annie came for her, um, Annie Leibowitz at work. It's a reissue. And she gave a great slide presentation. Very honest, very vulnerable. And uh, the, book, the book mirrors that. And it's Annie Leibowitz at work. And um, I recommend it to everyone out there. There's also, uh, just going back, some of the highlights. Maria Shriver was here. And she has a great book for the holidays, a great gift book. It's about meditations, reflections, life as a woman. Once again, I'm coming back to the same theme. Uh, Chloe Benjamin uh, gave us The Immortalist, which is a terrific book about siblings who visit um, a psychic. And he, um, she predicts how they will die and the time of their death. And it changes their entire life. So it's a great read. Um, Mary Gordon was here. She, it was fantastic to see her. Sloane Crosley, Charles Frazier, Harry Kunzru, Aminata Forna. Remember those names because the books that they wrote this year were extremely important and well-received. And um, if you like fiction, any of those folks are worthy of your, uh, of, of your attention. And we, we had the same on the, on the kids' yeah. side, right? We had yeah. some amazing events. Yeah, we hosted Elizabeth Acevedo, who won the National Book Award for Young People's Literature this year. And what was the name of that book? The Poet X. And it's a beautiful, like, really amazing uh, novel in verse, which for me, it was one of the first novels in verse I've read, but it's, uh, it's wonderful. Um, and we hosted Tomi Adeyemi as well, who wrote Children of Blood and Bone, which is like everywhere now <laughs> um, and going to be a movie and all that stuff. You know, um, I was really impressed with this Cassandra Clare. Cause, oh, Cassandra Clare. Because I don't follow amazing, yeah. YA, but she impressed me so much. Boy, She's she so had a kind. turnout of almost 500 people. Yeah. Uh, 
it was just uh, people came from all over to see her. Yes. And what is it about YA? It almost seems like there's a, a kind of not an underground, but there is a not a circuit, but there is like smoke signals that go out <laughs> when a YA author is on <laughs> on the road, and everyone knows. Is it is it Instagram? I think, well, yeah, I think social is it media. Social media for yeah, that age group. Yeah, they're pretty group? internet savvy. You know, teens are, and and so are young adults. Like people, Cassandra Clare's fans are not just teens. There are right. plenty of adults there, um, and that's true for all of YA, I think. But. Um, pretty pretty savvy with the social media and and also pretty tuned in if they if 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 they're enthusiastic about an author they know where they're at where they are <laughs> you know when they're on tour they know and um no and it's yeah. interesting because i we first saw this with the harry potter phenomenon but these are the these are the kids of harry potter devotees in the early days who are coming to see a lot of these authors so what's beautiful is that it it lives on and it's kind of circular because one of our you know as as all of us sit here around the table with books packed you know piled up around us one of our and and your young son right with us uh Celebrating the next generation of readers and encouraging the next generation of readers and developing the next generation of readers is really what we're all about, actually. Um, well, a book, uh, a novel, uh, another novel that was much talked about and one that I think people ought to uh, approach is a book called There, There by Tommy Orange. And... Um, it's Tommy Orange is Native American, and and it's one of the first novels that takes place in an urban setting. It takes place in Oakland, California, and his voice is true. He just won a first novel award, I believe. Um, it's his first novel, but it's so well written and so sophisticatedly written. Um, really, really good. I highly recommend it. Another one that um, I've been dipping into a lot recently that's not a novel. It's um, by someone who passed this year. Uh, I believe it's this year. And that's Leonard Cohn. Uh, Leonard Cohn was someone that I've always loved and followed and admired uh, throughout all my life and, and his productive life, too. And his son published a book called The Flame, Poems, uh, notebooks, lyrics, and drawings. And it's a book that you can just dip into um, and and read any, you know, pick up it and just dip into it and, and read a poem you see as illustrations. Uh, some of it is narrative. Just beautiful. Um, so I recommend that. The Flame by Leonard Cohn. We're going to have to take a break. Uh, this is The Literary Life you're listening to. And we're trying to turn you on to some great books. We'll be right back. I hope you've been enjoying listening to this edition of The Literary Life, and I hope you've been intrigued by some of the books that we've been talking about. If you are, please visit our website at booksandbooks.com, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or come and visit one of our eight locations here in the South Florida area. If you don't live in South Florida, booksandbooks.com can handle many of your book needs, but I would also encourage you to visit your local independent bookstore and see all of the wonderful things that they have to offer. And now we'll continue with our conversation. 
We're back. You're back on The Literary Life, listening to Mitchell Kaplan, that's me, Christina Nosti, and Christina Russell. That's me. Uh, Hi. The, uh, Christina Nosti is our events coordinator and um, one of the great readers that we have at Books and Books. And Christina Russell is one of the great readers we have at Books and Books as well. <laughs> and she is our children's book buyer and event coordinator for our kids' events, too. Who's missing is Gael Lalimer, who's one of our adult buyers, and we've had her on previous podcasts, but unfortunately, uh, Gael is not feeling so well. Feel better. <laughs> yeah. For any of you who might not know, Miami is undergoing a siege right now of the flu, and all of us around this table have been sick. You didn't listen to the podcast. Right. Well, yeah, so if you do get the flu, or if you're in one of these snowbound communities, please listen to The Literary Life or any other podcast. And you can find it where podcasts... Well, you've already found it, so I don't have to tell you where you can find it. Um, So I thought what we do is, since we don't have a lot of time, and we've got millions of books, there's so many books to choose from, that we are going to do a kind of lightning round and just throw out titles to you. These are books that are really great and notable for one reason or another. And... Uh, let's pick three from Christina Nasti. Christina, Only give, three? No, no, oh right my now. We're going we're, we're to come back to you, but three, <laughs> three for right now. Okay, I would pick Fox 8, George Saunders. It's brand new. Um, you will love it. It's a perfect gift book. I mean, I've never seen something so gorgeous. The cover is beautiful. The story is delightful. It's about a fox who learns how to speak human and he tells his story and it's it's a it's a story for our times about it's kindness. a novella right it's a it, short no, it's a short it's a i don't know that it would be a novella well it's illustrated it's a short it's, fable so it's a fable it's a and comic it's, fable and it's beautifully Although done it's you can really fit it in quite your tragic pocket too. it's a beautiful gift another one okay another one for me would be um cersei uh, if you Yay. haven't read it, you need to read it. It's fantastic. It's a feminist retelling of um, the, the goddess Circe who turned men into swine. It's very relatable in our times, but I also love the fact that it's made me think about mythology. I mean, it's made me like think about being in eighth grade and reading mythology, but boy, is this like a different kind of mythology. It's brilliant. And Madeline Miller is just, it, and it's a page turner and you won't want to put it down. And it's everything that you look for in a great book. It's beautifully written too, just both Christinas have read and recommend I think everyone, <laughs> like everyone on staff almost has read it. I think everyone at Books and Books has just yeah. about read it. So what about you, Christina Russell? What would you... So my, I'm going to just start with my favorite, which my probably my favorite book of the year is Sadie by Courtney Summers. And it's part true crime podcast, part novel, thriller kind of. And that sounds really can like it sounds like it could be gimmicky but it's not it's incredibly well done it's impossible to put down i think i read it in a day um and it's an extremely feminist affecting beautiful sad really sad story and i have not stopped thinking about it since i first read it because we're talking about gifts i picked up this book because it's just a a beautiful gift book and I think also a really interesting book for I 
every little kid I know at some point goes through a phase where they're interested in the, the, the constellations. And this is a book where it's full of information, like oh, really interesting facts about all of the constellations or 88 constellations. I don't know if that's all of them, but it's also packaged in such a lovely, beautiful way. Like I, I want this for myself. Um, and it's Seeing Stars by Sarah Gillingham, uh, which is published by Fiden. Great, thanks. I'm going to quickly run through a few books that um, I can't say that I've read each one, but they're definitely ones that I have taken home with the expectation to read. <laughs> um, the first one is Alexander Chi's book. Uh, he's been on so many end of year lists with his new book called How to Write an Autobiographical Novel. They're his essays. They're really, um, uh, from what I've read, I've read one or two of them. They are really, really extraordinary. Uh, they explore the realm of the real. Uh, and so many writers love him. Yeah. And that's always a great sign. He's a that, writer's writer. Yeah. And, and, and it's done beautifully with French flaps. Uh, it's a gorgeously produced book. Comes out from Mariner. That would be one. Another one that was a paperback original is called Friday Black by Nana Kwame Ajay Brenya. Uh, did you read it? I, I've just heard a lot about it. I yeah, it's it. a collection of stories which um, reveals the violence, injustice, and absurdities um, that black men and women contend with every day in our country. Um, it's it got a front page New York Times book review. I know from talking to people in in Hollywood that the rights to this are being uh, auctioned off and we may see it uh, on HBO or somewhere as an anthology. Very many different short stories. And if I may just jump in because it's so connected, is Tayari Jones, An American Marriage. I personally um, like books that make me understand the black experience in the United States better. And I think this is one of these books. It's a great book club book. There's so much to talk about in this book, but it's about a, a, a brand new marriage, young people. Um, the husband is accused wrongfully accused of committing rape and he goes to prison and it's what they what it does to their marriage and it's just it's it gives me goosebumps it's fantastic a short novel that was only short in pages but yet one that uh, haunted me for a long time was waiting for eden by elliot ackerman it was a national book award finalist um it tells the story of three lives that are star-crossed. And um, I don't want to tell you more about it, but when you experience this, it is quite shattering. And um, it's Elliot Ackerman, Waiting for Eden, an and amazing writer. that's very beautiful about, um, right, about working at a bookstore is also like Elliot Ackerman has been to us with all of his books. He'll right. probably come back when he writes the memoir. He's, he's written a memoir next year, but it's so lovely to see him like in different periods, you know, with different books, the different audiences and kind of building that relationship with a writer is, is a lovely yeah. thing that we get to experience. Well, and we're really fortunate to have writers in our midst, you know, people who uh, who either grew up in South Florida or studied here, and one of them, one of them uh, wrote early in the year a book that I still think is one of the strongest memoirs um, that was published this year called Mothers of Sparta. Tim O'Brien, the great Tim O'Brien, someone you wouldn't imagine 
would be interested in this book, wrote, I was spellbound from start to finish, uh, really, really in the vein of Danny Shapiro, in the vein of, of others who are struggling to deal and juggle the notion of motherhood um, in a very, very personal way, which leads me to another book of short stories, Lauren Groff's Florida, which I think is also one of the strongest books that I've read this year. Uh, It's called Florida because she lives in Florida. You get the sense of Florida has, it does have alligators in it and some other things, but (laughs) it's really about, about a woman coming to terms with all of the things that women have to come, young women have to come to terms with. And then I know that on the kids' side, we have a number of local authors as well. We mentioned Pablo. Yeah, I have to mention Margaret Cardillo. She's a BFF of the store for sure. Um, and she came out with a new book this year. She writes um, picture book, nonfiction picture books um, about... There he goes. What do you like to read? <laughs> about strong women. And um, this new one, her first was Just Being Audrey about Audrey Hepburn. And this new one is... Just Being Jackie about Jackie Kennedy. And it's, uh, they're illustrated by Julia Denos. They have a really lovely style to them. And they're great stories, very informative. And we always have signed copies, too. We do. And three other other writers in our midst. Uh, Les Standiford just came out with a book called Center of Dreams. It is about the building of the Performing Arts Center here in... South Florida in Miami, but if you're not in Miami, what it is really, it's the story of a builder and a man with a vision, and it's captivating in only the way less can create a narrative. Another one is a nonfiction by a woman who usually writes fiction. Her, her best-selling book is The Madonnas of Leningrad, but Deborah Dean had chose to uh, write a uh, biography of Jan Yours. It's called Hidden Tapestry, Jan Yours, His Two Wives, and the War That Made Them. Really, really compelling And in story. the local vein, I think we can't forget Dave Lawrence. That was the next book okay. that I was holding because Dave would never let us forget <laughs> to talk about his memoir, A Dedicated Life. Uh, he's the former publisher of the Miami Herald, and he has been devoted to children's causes. And this is the memoir of his life as and formation as a journalist. And this is one that we've published through Ourselves. Books and Books Press. Yeah, and, and it's one of the best-selling books that we so have. It's so impressive, actually. yes, that it has sold. And then, beautiful. you know, many people know us as a, as stores that that celebrate and carry probably the largest selection of art, architecture, design books anywhere. And we could do a whole show just on that, and we probably will. But there are a number of them. There are three or four of them I want to talk about. We already talked about Annie Leibovitz, uh, her reissue. But there's this gorgeous book called Hilma of Clint, Paintings for the Future. It's a book, I, I just want you to, I can't even describe it. It's so beautiful. And just remember that title and go find it and look it up online. Hilma of Clint, Paintings for the Future, or better yet, come into the bookshop so that you can find it. Another one is by Rachel Cobb. It's called Mistral, The Legendary Wind of Provence. Uh, Rachel is a photojournalist, but she did this long-term project on trying to capture the wind of Provence, where she's lived for many, many years. I'm also a sports fan, and Mark Leibovich, who you know from 
political writing, has written a book called Big Game, The NFL in Dangerous Time. Um, and it it's really, really good. And it, it, it explains for me why I've turned off to the NFL in a lot of ways. But uh, it's quite, quite good, as only Mark Leibovich could do. There's also a book out called The Big Fella by Jane Levy, and it's on the life of Babe Ruth. And uh, just as a social history, is quite remarkable, too. She wrote something about Sandy Koufax. And then, of course, there's a couple of other... Um, there's a book that's published locally, and it's t- near and dear to me because I'm from Miami Beach. And it's a book called Shtetl in the Sun, Andy Sweet's South Beach, 1977 to 1980. It might as well be... Uh, kind of the imagery from my early life. Uh, it's a South Beach like no one who is younger than 40 could possibly imagine South Beach being. And it's the South Beach that I recall. And it's beautifully done. And Andy Sweet, who unfortunately died tragically, um, um, uh, he worked in color and he captured the older folks living on South Beach at a time when there was a lot of poverty there, but there was a lot of sort of interesting diversity as well. We didn't get into a lot of poetry here, but I'm a huge fan of William Carlos Williams and New Directions has republished his book. Um, it's not actually his book. They've taken a selection of poems and republished it called The Red Wheelbarrow and Other Poems. And The Red Wheelbarrow is one of the great modernist poems. Um, and William Carlos Williams is one of the great poets that um, we've had in America. And in poetry, I would, I would recommend Ya Te Veo by, by Scott Cunningham, who founded the O Miami Poetry Festival here in Miami. It's, he's been working on this. It's his first collection of poetry. Um, it's, and terrific. It's, it's fantastic. Terrific. This has been delightful, but I want to leave us with a, another book by someone who's a wonderful local author who we just love. And, uh, you know, he's had a kind of tragedy in his life because of the death of his brother who got murdered when all of those newspaper folks got murdered up in uh, up in Annapolis. And that's uh, Carl Heisen's new book. Yes. You want to talk about it a little yes. bit? Um, so he published this year, Squirm, uh, for mid- the middle grade audience. And it's about a boy named Billy Dick- Dickens, whose mom uh, moves him all around Florida because she has to live next to a bald eagle's nest at all times. And his dad left when he was four. And so the novel takes off when he finds a, um, finds his dad's address. So. Yeah. Kids love, I mean, that, <laughs> Very that, that age group just loves Carl's and, yeah. and to see him at work when he, we were so happy that he was able to come out and come to the book fair this year as, as well. I want to thank Christina Nasti and Christina Russell for being on The Literary Life with me today, discussing some highlights of the year, books that you might think of as potential holiday uh, gifts. But you know something? There's no way that we could have really covered every single thing that uh, we should have. We left off all of the great Spanish books that have come out that we're carrying. We've left off cookbooks. We've left off a lot of things. So your job as a listener is to come visit us at Books and Books 
or search out your local independent bookstore if you're not in the South Florida area and make sure that you do your shopping there and show them the kind of love that they deserve for being such good community partners and so meaningful um, in the furthering of literary culture. In any case, thank you all for listening to Literary Life. I'm Mitchell Kaplan. Until next time. I hope you like what you heard and that you'll please share your review on Apple Podcasts and also give me your feedback at Books and Books on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to my weekly conversations on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Revolver.com. I'm Mitchell Kaplan. Thanks for joining The Literary Life.